Hello, and welcome to Have You Heard, a listening project. On this podcast, we're going to share tips, stories, and practical advice to help people with hearing loss stay connected. If you or a loved one have a hearing loss, or suspect you have hearing loss, or if you know anyone with hearing loss, this podcast is for you. Today, we're going to discuss how hearing loss occurs, the different types of hearing loss, and what the most common treatments are. We're pleased to have you join us today. I'm Jamie, I'm one of your hosts, and I'm joined by Allie. We both work together at OEI as Hearing Health Advocates. Well, hey there. It's great to be here with you, Jamie. Yay. I love when we get to do these together. We always have fun. I do too. Yes. So before we get into how hearing loss occurs, let's review the many symptoms and signs of hearing loss because a lot of people don't realize they even have hearing loss. So Allie, you want to start us off with that? Sure, of course. And you couldn't say anything more than the truth because... Basically, I'm going to list the most common signs of hearing loss, but let me first just say that because you can experience one or more of these symptoms, that it doesn't necessarily mean that you have hearing loss, and it certainly doesn't mean that you have permanent hearing loss. We are just reviewing this real quick because we want to remind everyone to get their regular hearing checkups. Yes, contrary to popular belief, we are not doctors. We (laughs) wanted to be, but we aren't. So this is just educational, you know for what we do uh, for work and and how we can just help people around us um, learn more. So yes, um, if you do have hearing loss, though, we do know it's always better to address it sooner rather than later. Yes, that's the truth. Okay, so here are some common symptoms. Muffling of speech and other sounds. Difficulty understanding words, especially against background noise or in a crowd. Trouble hearing consonants frequently asking others to speak more slowly, clearly, and loudly, needing to turn up the volume on the television or radio, or needing to use captions on TV, withdrawal from conversations, avoidance of some social settings, and or avoidance of telephone use. So if you're experiencing some of these things, or even if you're not, you should get a hearing screening. It's quick, it's painless, and you can usually get one for free. And let's just say that you find out you have hearing loss, James. Okay, so at that point, you're probably wondering how it might have occurred. And that's what we're going to discuss more in detail. Right. So there are three types of hearing loss. And the first one is called conductive hearing loss. And conductive hearing loss occurs when sounds aren't able to travel from the outer ear to the eardrum and the bones of the middle ear. Conductive hearing loss can be the result of things like ear infections, allergies, swimmer's ear, a buildup of wax in the ear. Ooh, ear infections. That's a big one to watch out for, especially for kids. I know someone who had a severe ear infection when she was in her teens that was left untreated. She's struggled with substantial hearing loss ever since. As she ages, it's gotten even worse for her. She often misses things and gets frustrated and feels left out trying to keep track of what has been said. She does have hearing aids, which helps a lot. And she also uses a CapTel caption telephone to get captions on her phone, which she really swears by. Well, thank goodness for technology. I mean, it it continues to evolve and get better and better. But, you know, that's when we talk about hearing loss and especially ear infections in kids. You know, I have an almost three-year-old and he's actually had his first ear infection last week. And that's scary. Yeah. Well, well, the scary part is the poor kid thought that he had bees in his ear. 
<laughs> so that for me was a, a telltale sign. So anybody listening, you know, if you feel like you're hearing buzzing in your ear, that that's also a sign to, you know, see the doctor. Right. Um, but it's on my mind because, yes, I know this other person that, that Allie's talking about. And if it's something I can prevent for my kid, I want to be able to do it. So I'm definitely on the radar paying close attention to ear infections. Um, okay. And then another cause of, of conducting conductive hearing loss that you mentioned a buildup of earwax. Mm. Yep, that's a thing. And it's actually <laughs> usually an easy fix. Sounds gross, but it does happen. And and what happens is you go to the doctor and they can remove the earwax from your ears pretty easily in the office. I have another friend who unfortunately has to go and get this done every few months. Um, and it, for her, it has something to do with the shape of her ear canal. The wax just can't make its way out on its own. So Interesting. she goes to the doctor and they they remove it for her. Um, and she knows, she's learned from experience, when she waits too long, she notices that her hearing will diminish. Mm. That's really interesting. So some hearing losses do have easy solutions then, would you say? So Jamie, what's another type of hearing loss? Uh, sensory neural hearing loss, and we can call that SNHL for short, happens when there's damage to inner ear structures like the tiny hair cells in the inner ear or in the nerve pathways to the brain. So those inner hair cells are really important because they collect and relay sound information to the brain through the auditory nerve. And so once those get damaged, hearing loss occurs. And this type of hearing loss is usually permanent. SNHL makes even distinct, normal, or loud sounds seem muffled or unclear. And people who get SNHL, it can be a result of a birth defect that alters the structure of the ear, aging, right? We are all aware of that one. That's a big one. Noise-induced hearing loss, which can also happen from working around loud noises, listening to music too loud, attending a lot of crazy loud concerts, people who use headphones at a high volume, things like that. Mm. Also trauma, right? Trauma to your head or skull. And then there's Meniere's disease, and that one is a disorder of the inner ear, and that affects hearing and balance. I actually know a lot about Meniere's disease because my grandfather has that. And so he struggled to hear for a really long time. About 20 years ago, he started to notice that his balance was really off kilter and he was a golfer. And so it was a really big struggle for him when he noticed that he couldn't stand the way he normally did to hit the ball. Mm. When he finally was diagnosed right with Meniere's disease, it was so tough for him because he eventually had to give up golf altogether. Oh. And basically, yeah, if you if you have Meniere's disease, it affects not only your hearing, but like I just mentioned, your balance as well. And you can have really bad phases where you almost feel nauseous, you need to sit down, you just feel awful. So it's it's a it's a it's a difficult thing to live with for sure. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Losing your balance, that's no good. No, so I'm yeah. sorry to hear he had to stop playing golf. That's unfortunate. Um, other causes I didn't mention yet. So infections can cause hearing loss. So not just ear infections, but things like, you know, measles, mumps, meningitis, scarlet fever. Those can all damage your ears. And here's one a lot of people don't always know about, medications. Ah, Yes. Yep. The American speech language, American, that's a lot of American in that association. Uh, I think it's the (laughs) American speech language association. Um, 
They note that there are over 200 over-the-counter and prescription medications that may cause hearing loss. So, you know, if you're someone who's taking medications for cancer, heart disease, a serious infection, it's really important to talk to your doctor about the hearing risks that could be involved with those. Yeah. You know how you always get that big printout with the possible side effects when you get a new prescription? Uh, Sometimes I don't read that, but I know a lot of people who don't even glance at it. But if you're experiencing hearing loss after starting a new medication, it sounds like it would be wise to investigate that. Yeah. And you're not alone in that. I I also sometimes forget to, you know, peruse that long paper. (laughs) Well, it's so long sometimes. It can be like three pages, but... Yep. Especially the the more I learn in the world and I have a kid to take care of, I have to read those things more carefully. Yes. Um, all right. And now for the kicker, the, the third main type of hearing loss is called mixed hearing loss. With a mixed hearing loss, there is damage at the same time to the outer and the middle ear's ability to conduct sound into the inner ear and the brain and damage to the inner or auditory nerve. So... That's a oof, that's a lot of things happening at once. So yeah, that condition, it can cause a mild or moderate to severe hearing loss. So that can really complicate your treatment plan, right? I guess like many other physiological problems, sometimes it does take a bit of sleuthing to figure out exactly what's going on. So again, stressing the importance of regular hearing checks. And I think we should tell people, I've had my hearing tested recently. It's not that bad. And it no. actually was really quick. I thought it was super interesting. I did too. I mean, maybe it's because of the line of work we're in, but the funniest part to me was that I'm sort of a, I'm not sort of, I'm a big guy and I had to sit in what I would call just a very tiny booth. (laughs) So I was laughing for part of it because I felt like I was sitting in like, you know, a tiny Barbie dream house sort of situation. And the fact that there was only room for exactly one chair in my body, like if I wanted to turn around and scratch my back, I couldn't. <laughs> so that was probably well, the scariest that's how part. You felt. Yeah, that's how I felt. That's well. To me, it felt like you're in a Gravitron. You know that old ride at the carnival, the Gravitron, yes. when it gets all dark and you're spinning around. That's what it reminded me of. Oh, I don't like the Gravitron, so I wouldn't have liked that either. But <laughs> anyway, apart from the the tiny space that I was in, it went by in like 10 minutes. I had to listen to some noises. I was supposed to raise my hand when I heard them. And then the last part was the audiologist just saying words out loud mm-hmm. and making sure that I understood what the words were. And that part for me was interesting because you, I was wearing um, headphones during the hearing test. Right. But when she was reading the words to me, the sound was not coming through the headphones and that was intentional. So when she started doing that, I was like, excuse me, um, I'm not hearing you in, <laughs> in the headphones. And I was pointing at my ears and she was like, Right. That's that's on purpose. And I was like, oh, okay. So just so you know, folks, if you go for your first hearing test, there might be a part where they test you and the things they're saying or noises they're making don't come through the headphones. And that's planned. That's good to know, Jamie. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And now let's take a short break to hear from our sponsor. We were excited when dad finally retired. More time for golf and the chance to move somewhere warm. What I didn't count on was how hard it would be to stay in touch. Dad's hearing loss makes phone calls difficult at best. I have to repeat myself every call, and I'm pretty sure he doesn't get what I say. But now Dad's audiologist gave him a CapTel caption telephone. 
It works just like captions on TV, only for phone calls. If Dad can't hear what the caller says, he just reads the captions. Dad's local CapTel outreach person took care of everything. She helped set up the phone, explained about the free captioning service, and made sure he was comfortable reading the captions. Now we're back to talking every week, and I know he's catching every word I say. And I'm hearing a lot more about his golf scores. If someone you care about has difficulty hearing over the phone, find out how a CapTel caption telephone can help. Visit oeius.org for details. And we're back. So now we know the three types of hearing loss, and that's important to know because, well, each type of hearing loss gets treated in its own way. So I don't know. I think we should talk a little bit more about that, Allie. I agree. I'll go ahead. So most cases of conductive hearing loss are temporary and they are cured by means of appropriate medical treatment. So that's good news. So it could be something as simple as cleaning out your earwax, as we mentioned earlier. Other types of conductive hearing losses can be treated with hearing aids. So some conductive hearing loss can actually be reversed by surgery. That's really cool. So it's important to seek medical assistance. That's the most important thing if you have conductive hearing loss. Yes. And sensory neural hearing loss is permanent. So those tiny hair cells I mentioned earlier, unfortunately, they can't be repaired once they're damaged. Mm. So for people with this type of hearing loss, hearing aids and other technology solutions are usually the gold standard treatment. And then in some cases, cochlear implants might be recommended. Right. So the hearing aids that most of you might be familiar with are the ones that people can take on and take off. They're tiny receivers that amplify the sound very close to your ears. But a cochlear implant is actually really different. Jamie, can you tell us how a cochlear implant works? Sure. So a cochlear implant, it's a small electronic device that electrically stimulates the cochlear nerve. And it does that for people to hear. So follow me on this because it's really interesting and probably different from what most people are familiar with. Mm -hmm. So it's an implant and it has external and internal parts. The external part sits behind the ear and and it picks up sounds with a microphone and then it processes it and transmits it to the internal part of the implant, which gets placed under the skin during outpatient surgery. So for people who haven't seen this before, I have friends that have them and what it looks like is for one of my friends anyway, they come just like hearing aids. They can all look a little different in shape and size. Um, But the one that I'm familiar with, my friend looks like she's got a hearing aid that's on her ear, but then there's a little component that's round and it's attached by a little wire. And that little round part sits actually right on her head behind her ear. So it kind of looks like, well, it might actually be that she's wearing a magnet and, and it's circular And it attaches to what looks like a hearing aid on her ear, but the whole device, that's called a cochlear implant. That's a great description. So this is something that people might get when hearing aids just aren't helping. Is that right? Yes. And it's pretty amazing. Um, It's a great option when hearing aids don't provide the clarity people need to understand speech and spoken language. Um, You know, like I know some people who were completely deaf and heard no sound before receiving their cochlear implants. And now it's revolutionized their ability to communicate. Yeah, I can imagine. Okay, so getting back to the third type of hearing loss and how it's treated. 
I'm guessing mixed hearing loss would get treated with a combination of medical or surgical treatment, like we would for conductive hearing loss and the use of hearing aids and other technology for any sensor and neural hearing loss. So it would be a combination of those things. You got it. Nice. And and I'm glad, you know, we wanted to talk about it on the podcast today because I think there's a lot of misinformation out there. And I also think for whatever reason, sometimes hearing loss is taboo and people don't want to talk about it. Yeah. So I know I've come across a lot of people who don't know what I consider to be sort of these simple things to know, right? Like just because you're not hearing well, it doesn't mean it's the the worst hearing loss, right? There's there's these different things it could be. You could have earwax that's building up in your ear. You know, it's some of these other things that I think people are not familiar with. And I like that we take the time today to to just chat about it. As we've told everybody, Allie and I are not doctors, um, but we're passionate people who obviously work in the hearing loss industry. And these are some of the common things we come across when we talk to folks, that they're just right. not familiar that these things exist. And I think it's important also to spread the knowledge about things that you can do to protect your ears, like we were talking about, maybe turning down the volume when you're listening to music and your headphones, things like that. Think about what you can do to protect your ears now versus later. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> you got it. Well, that's all we have time for today. So I'm going to wrap it up. Continuing on this season on Have You Heard a Listening Project, we'll continue to explore all things hearing related. And next time, we're going to share thoughts from people with hearing loss on things they wish they knew or wish people had told them in regard to hearing loss. And I think that one's going to be super informative for pretty much everyone. We hope you'll join us then. In the meantime, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss out. Thank you to everyone who has joined us today. And thank you, Allie, for being here. Well, thank you, Jamie. It's always a pleasure. For more information on hearing health resources, be sure to visit us at oeius.org. That's oeius.org. I'm Jamie. And I'm Allie. And we want to thank all of our listeners for joining us today on the Have You Heard podcast. And remember to stay safe and stay connected. Copyright 2021 by OEI. Guests of the podcast and resources mentioned are for the interest of our audience only. There are no marketing agreements or incentives involved.